You are listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne Denner. Good to have you with me here today. If you're just joining and tuning in for the first time, and this is your first episode of the show, welcome, welcome. Let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you valuable podcast banter on business and career. Every episode features a different guest who shares their insights and experience with you, the listener. Whether you're interested in starting a business, maybe you have a business, or you're looking to get started in a particular career path or job, this podcast is for you, my friend, and will have something valuable and useful to help you along on your way. Don't forget, as always, this is your podcast. If you've got any topics or suggestions or guests that you would like me to interview on the show, I would love to hear from you. Please drop me an email to zero lives left podcast at gmail.com or send me a tweet to at zero lives left. As always with this episode and other episodes of the podcast, sharing is caring, my friends. So please do share a link with this episode with your family and friends. If you're listening over on iTunes, please remember to rate and review the podcast. If you're listening over on Stitcher, a review over there wouldn't go amiss either. This show is packed full of useful information and valuable information. So make sure you have that pen and piece of paper handy where you can jot down some of the nuggets of information which you're going to get on this episode today. We're chatting to a good friend of mine, a kind of a money-saving expert, independent financial advisor, John Sloan of Navigator Financial Planning. John is going to be sharing some expert insight as why young professionals and entrepreneurs need to start thinking about financial planning and protection for the future. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 27 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. When it comes to financial freedom, many of us strive to try and achieve it, but never actually do. When it comes to being slaves to the bills and the mortgages and never really taking a step back to look and see what else can we do to work towards obtaining financial freedom. The earlier you start putting a plan in place, the better things can work out for you and your family. So whether you're running a small business, whether you're working for somebody, a company or an organization, planning for your financial freedom, for your financial future is key. Joining me on episode 27 of the Zero Lives Left podcast is an old, old, and I know he's going to tell me all for this, friend of mine who's going to be sharing some useful and important information for how you can start to put some steps in place in order to lay the foundations for your and your family's financial freedom. John, are you ready to share some nuggets of advice? Yes, Wayne. Independent financial advisor at Navigator Financial Planning, John Sloan has worked in the financial planning business for almost 10 years, providing the highest quality service dedicated to meeting the needs of clients and expectations exceeded. John, take a few moments and give our listeners an overview of your backstory. 
no problem, Wayne. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I started out initially after university in hospitality uh, for a few years. I mean, and that's where I met you, actually, if you remember correctly. I many, did many, many years ago, as you say. Uh, and then I worked in a bit of sales and marketing, helping some companies. But an opportunity came up for me to start in financial services with an international firm of uh, stockbrokers and finance advisors. So I spent some time here training. I went into a local private practice for five years. Uh, worked for an international bank for another two and a half years. And in March this year, uh, Navigator Financial Planning, that was my next move. Uh, the owner there, David, approached me and asked if I'd like to become a part of the team uh, and work with them. So that's, that's basically the, the story there. John, you didn't actually go down a traditional route of studying financial planning. You know, you studied hospitality or you're working in the hospitality business. You studied geography originally. Yeah. I mean, how did that all come about? Well, with a lot of people who are in financial services, you somewhat fall into it by accident. Um, basically, the company that I, I started off with saw my CV, phoned me up and asked would I be interested in, in, in a career in financial services. It's something that I always had taken a good interest in but hadn't really thought much about it at the time. So the opportunity came up. I was actually on holidays in Lanzarote, did a couple of phone interviews for an hour, and flew me over to London. They um, put me up in a hotel, did the interview over a space of a day, and they offered me the job. Now, when people think about finance and financial security and planning for the future and pensions and all this kind of stuff, you know, as a small business owner myself, we kind of think, oh, Jesus, where do you even start? I mean, it's important that you start thinking about this. Now, you guys help young professionals to start thinking about their own financial future, which is something that's really, really important. Um, what sort of things do young professionals in 2016 really need to think about? I mean, what are the things that people need to start thinking about in relation to maybe putting some steps in place? Yeah, listen, that's a great question because young people, and you do yourself, there's a thing called what I call the Superman syndrome, that you're going to live forever. Nothing's ever going to happen to you. Um, and, and you'll start planning tomorrow. Um, and the best time to start planning is today and now. Things that you have to think about, especially for young people, uh, is, is debt. That's a massive thing to look at. Both of us coming from what I would term as the, the plastic fantastic generation, credit was easy to get. It was very easy to run up debt because um, it was cheap. Now that you're maybe in your 30s, whatever, a lot of people in their 20s, 30s have credit cards, have loans. So the big thing is to pay down the high level, the high interest debt. You're looking at your credit cards, you know, trying, trying to get everything down and manage it. Uh, that's definitely one part of it. And I think that's massive to starting it off because there's no point if you, if you start building elsewhere and start thinking about investing or pensions, you're going to be it's basically your foundation of sand. Now, John, let's be honest. This has a knock-on effect of people trying to get things like mortgages and this yeah. sort of stuff. You know, these kind of debts that people are accumulating, you know, when you're going through university or college, maybe you see a thing, take out a credit card or whatever it is. You've got your student loans. And suddenly then you come out the other end and you've amassed all of this debt. I mean, typically, what are people amassing? You know, is there any figures out there which say, you know, the average young person is starting off with? I honestly don't know that figure off the top of my head. But, you know, if you're thinking about even back at uni, you had, I remember now, this is quite a while ago for myself anyway, uh, you had, you know, credit cards and that there. You know, people could easily run up three, four thousand pounds on the credit card. Now, that's okay if you're, you know, if you're saying, I'm going to pay it off fairly quickly or if you're moving it on to, another card at 0% interest, which is something everybody should look to do. But if you're sitting and you, you sort of, you, you fall into that sort of thing, oh, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next month, and all of a sudden the card's sitting at 18%, and that's where your high level comes in. And you're absolutely correct when you say that will have an effect on thinking about mortgages and other, because that debt is not getting any lower. Maybe you've missed a couple of payments, so you want to try and get that cleared as quickly as you can and keep your credit record as clean as possible. 
So when we look at it from the point of view of a young professional, you know, that's something, you know, that's that's kind of the number one thing. Really start to think about, you know, bringing down that high level debt. What other things can people think about? Budgeting is very, very important because it's good to get down on paper. Personally, what I did was I looked at an Excel spreadsheet and I took like money going in and I took an average of three to six months just from the bank statements. So money coming in, money going out. Now, if you did it in one month, you could say, oh, well, that was a busy month. You'll make an excuse for yourself. If you do it three to six months and you have the figures in front of you, you'll be able to say, well, no, that's an average of what I'm spending. That's an average of what's coming in. That's what's going out. Should I have money left over the end of the month? This is what I could do with it. However, would you do it? Probably not. Well, because a lot of people think about budgeting. They're like, oh, no budget. That means I can't go out at the weekend. I can't take a holiday. You know, people can still start, have a good standard of life, but it's important that they are budgeting for the future or yeah. putting some sums aside each month. Yeah, that's it. And for toxic, if you were starting to invest, and you're talking about, say you start investing or saving £100 a month, rather than trying to do it at the end of the month, incorporate it into when your payday comes in, because it's out of sight and out of mind then. Because if you think if you're going to wait off to the end of the month, no, you're not. You're not going to do it because you'll, you'll find something to spend it on, because that it'll be gone. Do it at the start of the month, knock it off the credit card, put it into an investment or something. Then it just becomes an everyday part of your life that you don't even think about. It's like your car insurance coming to direct debit. It's another direct debit that you've planned for and budgeted in. And then at the end of the month, you'll be able to say, you know, if you do the budget, you'll be able to say, well, I should have X amount of pounds at the end of every month to spend. If I went out twice a month, that's what I can afford to comfortably spend or what I can put in food or, or, or for going out for meals or for clothes or whatever, things like that there. So you're talking about in a simple Excel spreadsheet here. Simple. I mean, I mean, what are you talking about here? You know, incomings, outgoings, total it all up at the end. I mean, is that how simple we need to go here? That's literally it. That's what I do. And then for toxic, when I was thinking about doing some work to the house or whatever or doing a couple of different things, I just put in a couple of scenarios that I created myself. You know, if my income reduced to this or if I decided to increase my spending here, it's very easy just to do those calculations. But two simple lines, income and outgoing, and then subtract the difference and see what you have. Because there's a lot of people, of course, living out there for payday. I mean, they're just living from one day to yeah. the next payday. And they're really just, they're just breaking even. When it comes to, you know, their wages coming in, by, you know, the, the next month rolls around, they've got nothing left. And they're just really, really waiting for that payday. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be a vicious cycle when you're yeah. paying off credit cards and this sort of stuff. So the planning becomes very, very important. And actually, the budgeting becomes critically important. What other things? Well, what I suggest people do is, is get a bit of a clear picture in their head of what they're looking to achieve and why they're wanting to do that. Even if it's putting down something on a piece of paper to say, this is what I want to achieve this year. And this is not just for personal finance, it's also for your own life as well, of what your goals are. Now, you set some realistic goals of what you want to achieve and then some aspirational goals and go back and revisit that. And you can be held account as accountability. You can be held accountable to yourself by opening that or give it to somebody. And they will now, one of my colleagues, Dale, has told a friend of his that he wants to build a house and have an Audi um, as part of his career. And every time his friend sees him, he holds him accountable and he says, have you bought the Audi yet? He hasn't yet, but he will. Uh, he'll buy it probably sooner than sooner rather than later anyway. But it's, it's, it's having that accountability either to yourself or to somebody else, but putting down something tangible that you can see. Further to that then, you know, depending on, on what stage of life you're at, you also need to think about after your budget, you know, your, your debt, your budgeting, before you even think about saving and investing further, you have to think, what have I, what's important to me in terms of protection? What do I want to protect? Do I want to make sure that should something happen to me, there's money for the family? If I can't work, how would I afford, would state benefits be enough? Should I be protecting my income? Should I be protecting my health, you know, through private medical insurance, things like that? So protection for people is also critically important. And then you can start thinking about putting money away in terms of savings and investments and, and, and retirement planning.
but it all comes down to having that plan and um, having a clear picture of what you want to achieve and why and then having it sort of sit in front of you that you can go back as a reference point to and that's what we do we do a lot of financial plans the way we work as a business we don't just say oh you need to have a pension or an insurance policy we rather say to people what's your plan let's get the plan going here get it down on paper let's revisit it every year so people are then we're accountable to our clients but they're also accountable to us to say all right i've gone a wee bit over in the spending here how do we sort that you know we work together and um, so it's a lot of it comes down to getting the plan ready and knowing you know we work with business owners business managers young people and it's about ensuring that we work together to help them identify and understand what their long-term financial goal is from that then we'll help do the, the mechanics in the background to cover that all off. now everyone has to start somewhere so how does one go about starting you know to think about their own financial future i mean there's a lot of information obviously available online you know people need to get educated in relation to you know what they need to be starting to think about Mm -hmm. Um, and i mean you know i remember when i was going through school there wasn't a lot of focus on financial planning or any of this kind of stuff it was like get a job you know and i think you know the earlier you probably start and it's going back to what you've already said is starting with those young professionals but maybe you even need to start earlier well that's it you know and i do think that there is a massive knowledge gap that's been put out there as well we have two companies that we work with. We have uh, Navigator Financial Planning, but we also have a sister company called Destination Financial Planning. And Destination is really an online portal aimed at helping people to begin their financial planning journey. Now, that could be down as simple as saving 100 or investing £100 a month or a minimum of £1,000 lump sum. So that's something there. But what we do with that as well is we help with the education piece. So we are out, we would go to talks and we would do um, a presentation, Dale presents a show call or a presentation called Seven Steps to Sterling Success. So it's very, very good in terms of it helps you get down about basically what we're talking about here now is having a budget, looking at your high level of debt, getting all that under manageable, manageable conditions as much as anything, but putting down on paper a plan of what you want to achieve. And really that's probably the, the best way to get started is to try and understand what you want to achieve. But you're absolutely right in saying that the education piece from schools and that, you know, there's a definite, definite shortfall there. You do have some banks that who have come out with their own wee apps and things like that, so that's great for younger kids for the likes of Moneyville and that, but I do think, especially for kids going through from GCSEs through to their A-levels, and the next thing you know, they're sitting in university with maybe a bursary or a grant or a loan, and it's burning a hole in their pocket. We've all seen it. We, we you know, we sound like old men right now, but we've seen it happening so many times. So having that wee bit of education coming through there would be really really important but i think the schools need to step up and, and and really help with that and of course from a parental point of view there are things that parents could do at the house you know by focusing on kids you know the Definitely. value of money and these sorts of things and you know as a parent myself and i know you are this is stuff that we, you know we're trying to instill in our kids that you know the money doesn't last forever yeah and you've got to be putting away for a rainy day and you know many kids when they go into the shop you know the, the first thing they want to do is spend that money or if somebody gives them money or you know they do a job they want to go and try and spend that but you know for me it's very much about you know getting them to understand that there is a rainy day and there always will be a rainy day and it's nice to just have that money Money. And I was speaking to a, a friend of mine interestingly a couple of weeks ago, and he said a real interesting thing to me. He says whenever he wants to buy something, rather than get a loan off a credit card or uh-huh. go to a bank to get the loan, he actually borrows the money for himself, uh-huh. but pays himself back with a bit of interest. Yeah. So, and that's the way. And I thought that was a really, really interesting yeah. thing to do. So, if you've got some money saved, actually borrow it off yourself, but pay, pay back. yourself back with interest on that, yeah. and then that money, just like a bank would do, 
makes you some some new money. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting approach to it. That that is actually it's, it's something that I've actually just I've done myself the past couple of weeks. Changed the car and I had some cash in there, so I said right, I'll just go out and I'll pay the cash. But that cash is gone then. So what I do is I've actually set up a payment plan to pay it back over time. And it's the same you know come back with kids. It's the same in terms of getting the education piece. Our youngest, our older boy, sorry, is five. Um, so what we do is we say, listen, there's two pound a week if you do some chores around the house. So he makes his bed very poorly, I might add, but he still does it. Or he comes over and he, you know, before the intent he is his, there. The intent is there. He, he, you know, something small like taking his plate over to the the sink after his dinner and tidying up his toys and things like that. But he'll get two pound a week, and the first place that goes is in the money box, and that's it. And then after he has so much money there, he's, he's you know. Himself, personally, he's probably about 110 quid in the money box. He doesn't know he has that much now. But if he wants to go and buy something, we say, well, have you saved up for it? Let's check. And I think he got himself a Power Rangers gun uh, a few months ago. And he thought more of it because he earned it. So it's instilling that importance of saving. And that's really, really important. And that's something, you know, I remember when I went to primary school, it was the Abbey National back then. And there used to be a little box came around the classrooms. Do you remember that? Yeah, the school bank. The school bank, yeah. It's not like that doesn't really come out as much anymore. I know some of the banks are going into the the secondary schools, but I don't know how much time really is spent into it. Well, banks see it as a business, so they're not going to be too bothered about, you know, how much money they're going to make up a a 16-year-old or a 10-year-old, even in primary school. But it's it's hard to know. That's where technology really comes in to the fore in terms of there are certain wee apps and certain wee games out there that you can start getting the kids interested in. And, you know, with, with School for Toxic, you have things called like uh, Mathletics and that there. They're really good for helping kids with their, their numeracy. We need something like that there maybe to pull through. I, know that, I do know that Danske Bank do have Moneyville or something. But we things that got coming through to help the kids as a game and this is the importance of saving. And then as they get older, talking and you know talking to kids in, in secondary school, then taking that further about, well, what is debt? Why do you have debt? Why is some debt good and some debt bad? You know, for toxic, your mortgage helps you have your own home or whatever. You know, and then taking taking that bit further, well, what, what about the likes of protection? Why is it important to protect? Why are pensions important? Why is retirement planning important? Things that they're not coming through. Like I, I talk to people who are very professional, uh, maybe in their mid twenties, not, and they're like, I know I need to get a pension, but I don't really know what it's about. And I don't know, you know, and then there almost becomes a fear of you don't know what a pension is. But we would never, we would never scoff at anybody for not knowing something. People then become afraid to ask. And then you hear so much through the media in terms of the background noise of oh this is bad, and the media aren't going to report when the stock market's up or your you know your your investments are doing well. It's going to be oh the stock market drops fifteen points today. Your billions wiped off. And if you look at the certain papers, you'll see every week there'll be two or three stories about pensions scams and things so people become afraid they don't want to ask and they think that all this stuff is for older people they're going to get conned and ripped off it's up to people like myself who are younger in the whole industry to try and educate and and improve the whole image so as i say to my boys look after the pennies and the pounds that look after themselves you know it's about starting really really small now you just touched on something and we're gonna let's let's go into this a little bit more good versus bad debt what's the difference well, bad debt is going to be your high-level debt, your high-interest stuff like your credit cards at 18%. Um, They're just going to wipe you out and you're going to end up hitting the minimum payment button every time. That's a bad debt. So your good debt is more your legs of your mortgages and that there, that you're going to get at a very low rate that you're going to use to achieve something with yourself, you know, in terms of having a mortgage, having a house, something that you're going to use over the next 30 years or whatever. So that's the difference. High level, high, high, and bad debt is always the stuff that you're going to get ripped off on effectively with the charges. And the good stuff is, well, it's stuff that you're going to need. You know, even your car loan would be seen as a good debt if you're getting at a good rate. If you're having to pay 12, 15, 
20%. I'd say it's a high-level debt. Uh, you know, trend, trend rebroke it some other way. And the thing with debt, it can get out of hand very, very quickly. And a lot yeah. of people can be put under a lot of pressure. Um, their own mental health as well. You know, getting yeah. the phone calls, getting the letters. It can be very, very stressful. So it is important that people look at any bad debt that they have and they take steps to try and get that resolved. Yeah. One of the best resources out there is definitely the likes of the Citizens Advice Bureau who are very, very, very understanding, but very, very knowledgeable in terms of, of, of what they can help you with. Um, and as much as anything, the big thing about debt, and if, you, if anybody is having problems with it, it's taking that first step. It's always the hardest one to do, but it's the first step to talk to somebody or say, I need a bit of help here. And even if it's going to be a family member, friend, that's good. But if, if it's not the case, they're, they're, they're the legs of the Samaritans, the citizens of Ice Bureau, they're there to listen, not be judgmental, and try and help you if they can. So, same with everyone. If, if anybody's under any pressure or stress, always try and get a bit of help. And there is no shame or embarrassment. No, not you know, at all. You reach out, and the sooner you reach out, it's like the stuff that I do in schools, you know, when things happen online, and things do happen online yeah. with kids posting things that maybe they shouldn't have posted, or something happening, they clicked on something. It's always good to reach out and ask for help. The yeah. quicker you ask for help, the quicker it can be resolved. Yeah. And you can get a wee bit of clarity and a wee bit of resolve. Yeah, yeah some, sometimes, you know, because things can go on top of you and, you know, because you're in that moment and in that zone and you start putting your head onto the sand and you're like, I'll just ignore it and ignore it. And it's not maybe going to affect you straight away, but it's it's the constant little tapping and it's always going to be there. And the sooner you can sort of, it's not even, it's, it's hard to describe this, as soon as you can sort of get that under control and say, right, I'm just going to grab that and put it out there and say, listen, I do have a bit of a problem or do need a wee bit of help. Would you mind having a chat with us? You know, and we, you know, we would have people that would phone in, and we will happily give them a chat uh, and talk to them about it. It's not what we specialise in in any way, and that's why I say the likes of Citizens Advice. That's what they're there for. It's a fantastic resource that I would encourage people to use. So there are organisations out there, yeah. you know, that if anybody you know is listening into the podcast today and maybe you know finds themselves in a difficult situation, maybe they're struggling with some of this bad debt that we mentioned. Reach out, get support, go to the Citizens Advice Bureau. There are organisations out there that can yeah. help. John, you know, when it comes to business, you know, we'll move sort of slightly left field here in relation to, you know, when it comes to businesses, you know, and, and you guys are in a business where trust is really, really important. And it's all about building relationships with people. And yeah. that, that's what I found really has been the cornerstone of a lot of things that I've done throughout my business career, you know, you know, building businesses. It's all about relationship building. What sort of ingredients go into developing a good relationship in business? That's a really good question. Um, it's something we actually talk about quite a lot. I think... One of the most important things about building relationships is being open, being open and approachable to people and taking everybody at face value. You know, everybody's coming to you and they're having a chat with you. Be open, have a chat with them. Don't judge. It's a big thing is not to judge because you don't know who's coming in and who has what for toxic in our line of work. You know, sometimes it's people who look as if they're they're minted, maybe aren't. And there's the this man driving the, the 12-year-old car who's running around has maybe half a million invested somewhere. Um, so judgment is, is a big thing. I find a lot of it, what I do, is listening. Because a lot of people, and you're hearing a lot of my voice today, but people do like talking about themselves and things that interest them. So if you can become a good listener and engage with people, that's a real big thing. Other things I would say is be generous with your time, not only with your clients and with your customers, but also out in the wider community. With our customers, a lot of our time is spent talking about them and their families and what's happened over the past six months or the past year. We end up talking less and less about the finances because that's already sorted in the plan the important stuff coming through them is their family outside work uh, for toxic we raised over two thousand pound this year for mcmillan cancer support through a, a golf day we four of us teed off at half five in the morning 
played four rounds of golf and finished at half nine at night. So that that, that was it was a great experience. Wrecked us, but um, things that got there, you know, because you're doing your part for a community. You know, we love your luck. We also were involved with that this year. You're doing your part for community, but it also shows that you're doing that as well. Gives you a better sense that you know you're part of something, but it lets your local clients, lets your local customer base know well, how long this boy is. He's part of our community too. In terms of relationship building, I think you have to have a bit of crack, be a bit of a banter source, Rex almost, and, and get on with people and, and, and try and be there, you know, be professional completely, but try and get a bit of crack going, try and establish a bit of rapport. And remember, at the end of the day, you're not going to like everyone you meet or work with, but somebody in your organisation might, and that might be the next big, big case for your company. So if you're not going to be able to say, listen, I think that for toxic deal or David in our office, I think that you would be better doing with that person. And, and you know, and that's a, it's a two-way street then. It's about what's best for your customer, even if, you know, if you're not going to get on with them best. Now, you mentioned something very, very interesting, John, and it was about you don't know who your customer's going to be, potentially. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is when it comes to financial planning, now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but many people think you have to have a lot of money to have a financial planner. You've got to have lots of money tucked no. away somewhere. Is that a myth? It is a myth. You see... It comes down to, you know, there's different levels of advice that you can look at. For toxic, if you want to get started, we have the Destination FP. Destination Financial Planning is where you start. And if you go on there, you will see a couple of videos. If you follow us on Twitter, uh, on Facebook and that there, that's for people who really maybe aren't up to wanting to pay two and a half, three thousand pounds for a financial plan. People who want to get a start and want to have a financial planner there, that's, that's where you start at, you know. I think a lot of it comes down to, do you remember years ago? There used to be maybe the man from the Prue or somebody who used to come around. I think it was Jerry Toll and Point here used to come around with a wee book and your mum or your dad or your granny or whatever would put two pound in and they would start saying now that two pound built up over a number of years and then you might have got a, a check or something a few years later for a couple of grand. That put into people's heads then that that was financial planning at a very at a very simple level. That's also what I call in term wealth creation. So there's none of that going on anymore. People don't see the savings culture coming out. Um, so wealth creation, so you can do it at a very low level in terms of costs um, and in terms of what you want to put away. I think it's important people know that because, you know, people of my generation, you know, mid-30s, whatever, assume, do you know what I mean? We're busy with family, you know, maybe you've got a house, we're paying off a mortgage, whatever. You know, less and less of us are thinking about having a financial advisor. And, I, and the conversations that we've had, I've started to really understand the importance of that mm. and the advice element to it as well. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is it's thinking about you don't need to have or you don't need to have won the lotto or to sold a big company or to have... X amount of disposable income in the yeah. bank. As you say, you just need to start somewhere and you need to have that plan. So I suppose it's demystifying the whole myth that you know you don't need to have lots of money to have yeah. a financial plan. No, you, you don't. And, and that's where um, our two companies complement one another very well because Navigator is very much uh, aligned towards business owners, business managers, maybe people who have established themselves a bit more. But destination comes in for those who want to start to establish themselves. If you want to start getting a wee bit of experience, that's how you learn a lot about yourself and you start building that wee bit of wealth behind you. Get, you know, you're using the legs of your tax efficient ISA. So you're not even going to pay tax on any profits on your investment. You know, it's, a, it's a very tax um, efficient wrapper. If your company's doing well, then you might say, right, well, maybe we need to get the guys in to have a chat with us about what's the next step for retirement planning and pensions and things like that. And, and you know, you're going to see a lot more of this coming through with auto enrollment as well from the government because now it's going to be the case that all employers have to sign up employees into a pension scheme. So people are going to start asking these questions. Um, and the likes of Destination, the online platform will help. Now, we don't offer pensions right at the moment. That is coming. But 
it gives you a chance to say, well, there's a bit about investing. How do the investments work? Look at the wee video we have there. The website will be updated. It's actually on our, our Facebook page um, with our new mascot, Henry. And you'll see the importance of a financial plan. Um, and I would encourage everybody to have a quick look because the video is very, very good. You saw it the other night, Wayne. I did. But it, it shows you visually over the space of a minute and a half why you need a financial plan. No, there's no big sales thing. And that's just down to one other thing there you're saying about relationship building. Don't be salesy. You don't have to be a complete shark and be very salesy to be a good relationship builder. You don't have to be constantly trying to flog somebody something. And you guys are trying to educate and inform. And that's yeah. the big thing. I mean, it's back to that. You know, it's important that you're educating your customers. You're educating people about wealth creation. You're educating them about the, the whole aspect of planning for your future. You know, having that plan in place so that further down the line, there's money there to help you and your yeah. family. That's it. I mean, that's what people need to be thinking about. Yeah, and that comes down to, again, setting objective, helping our clients understand what their finance objective is. Because people work, and why do they work? It's, it's to provide for the family. So we try and help that, help the resources go as best as possible. And by setting that objective, people can say, well, I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm putting this extra effort in for an extra five, for the five years so I'm going to retire a couple of years early. It all comes down to having your objective, having it sat out in front of you and saying, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. This is for my family. This is my long term. We all work to live. You shouldn't live to work. You know, so that, that's what we try and help people work towards. And from the how point of view, that's where you guys are going to help them. Yeah. And that's where you guys really come into your own in terms yeah. of how do you go about doing this? Yeah. And, 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 here's, and here's why you're going to do it. Uh, you wrote an interesting blog post on LinkedIn a couple of months ago, John, titled Can't Hear for Listening, which took a look at grey noise. What is grey noise? Well, well grey noise, for the scientific explanation, grey noise is a perception that a random noise is equally allowed at all frequencies when influenced by certain external stimuli. So basically what the blog is about is you hear opinions everywhere about everything. You know, so you're down in the pub or you're out in the park and you're talking to somebody and people will give you an opinion about something. And all of a sudden there's opinions coming everywhere, especially now that we're living in a very digital age and that you have a lot of facts on the internet, but you also have a lot of opinion. And so what is going to shroud and influence you and what's going to erode maybe your confidence? Saying you have a, a, a thought about something. And then somebody goes, oh, no, I heard about a boy this happened to. And I heard about a boy that. And you're always going to get that. That's the grey noise. The grey noise is all around you. And really what that blog was about was being able to filter that out and have your plan and say, right, well, that's my plan. And somebody's in your ear chirping away or you've read something on Facebook or LinkedIn or something and you're saying, right, well, hold on. Do I start questioning that? Well, you shouldn't question it. You should go back to your planner in financial planning sense. You should go back to your planner and say, well, this is what I've heard. Can you talk to me about that? And that's what we do. People will phone us up. You know, for Toxic, we spend a lot of time educating with people and talking to people and, and having time with their clients. And we do put out a lot of blogs and pieces about what's going on in the world. After Brexit, we had two phone calls. One was a, a guy checking his portfolio. And the second was a client saying, can I invest more money now, please? That was it for all our clients. We have a lot of money under, under management. So that comes down to the education piece there. They weren't listening to the grey noise. So really, that whole blog is about... There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Look what's happening in America now. Donald Trump potentially could be voted in as president of the US. Well, that's going to have an effect on the markets. This is going to have an effect. When it came up to Brexit, everyone was like, oh, if we leave, the markets are going to take a big hit. If we stay, the market's going to be okay. We voted leave. The markets took a bit of a hit initially, and then they rallied back unbelievably so um, to near record levels in the FTSE. Did we know that was going to happen? No, nobody knew that would happen that way. Um, people could guess, people could think that, that it is, but our clients were part of a long-term plan. If that happened, it happened. We can't, we can't control it. 
Now, when it comes to Brexit, of course, you know, there's a lot of concerns, a lot of uneasy people out there. We're not going to talk about this for too long. But again, it's going back to what you initially said about everybody has an opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of grey noise out there. And a lot of people are, are armchair critics yeah. and, you know, armchair financial advisors or whatever you want to call them. And, you know, they're creating this content online and they're almost trying to scaremonger yeah. uh, people. And again, you know, having that uh, trusted financial advisor in place that you can just pick up the phone to, as you alluded to, have a conversation with them, maybe helps put people's mind at, at ease as well. And of course, you know, with the Brexit, your financial plan should be fluid. You know, things are going to happen in, yeah. in, in, in the world that we live in. Stock markets are going to crash. Things are going to happen. New presidents are going to come and go. Brexit's here now. Yeah. I mean, so it's important that your, your, your financial plan there will help you with having a plan that was is able to adapt for you, perhaps. Yeah, that's it, Wayne. You know, your, your financial plan is your financial plan. And your planner should be sitting there talking to you about it and why it's important to you. And it all comes back, all this is always going to happen in the background. You're always going to have a presidential race here somewhere. There's always going to be political instability here, there, or somewhere, you know. And every time you look at the paper, oh, it's worse than ever, it's worse than ever, it's worse than ever. But is it really worse than ever? I don't know. I'm not that overly old to judge it. But you have your plan in the background, and you have to filter back and knock out the grey noise and go back and say, well, that is the, that's the reason I have the plan, is for the family, to look after my family and, and to think about how I want to achieve things. Maybe you want to retire at 55 and you haven't got family and you want to go and, and sail the world. You have to revert back to that aspirational part of you. Be realistic, but have the aspirational element to it as well. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There is going to be stuff happening, you know, with Brexit, with Donald Trump and, and the US. You know, you just have to, your plan might not take all that into consideration. It can't take everything into consideration. What it takes into consideration is the important part, what you want it to do. For Toxic, as I said, after Brexit, we had a client. The only call we had about a portfolio and his, he says, give me the bad news, how much is it down? And the, the response was, it's down 85. And he went, oh, 85,000. No, no, down 85. And how did it perform over the next few weeks? Well, you know, it, it jumped. I think what we were looking at it, it was uh, 217. Dropped 217,000, sorry. Dropped 85 pound. Jumped up uh, in the next few weeks to 221, then 231, you know. Did we know that was going to happen? No, because the well, the, the stock market rallied back a bit. You know, after the initial shock, the stock market the stock market rallied. The pound started to depreciate, but then we have currency in the dollar. So where you have winners, you're going to have losers. That's the way life is. So it's having your financial planner who's going to build you a plan that's robust, but also if you have any assets that they're adequately distributed and you have diversification in the portfolio. And that's come down to the investment side of things, but that's all built in. That's all second. That's all what pushes the plan. That pushes your financial plan and gets it there in the background, your investments, making sure you have the your pensions, your your, your life insurances, your investments, uh, everything that got there. And using up all your tax efficient lenses. But I think that's probably for another day anyway. That is. But in terms of that, I mean, it's, it's actually, and it leads on to something very, very interesting. You know, many people, when they think of the financial planner or they think about going along and getting financial advice, they perhaps wonder, are they going to be able to understand everything that is being presented to them in, yeah. a, in a user-friendly way that educates and informs them? I think, I see what you guys are doing. I mean, the information that you're pushing out through social media, the information that you're pushing out through the destination planning mm-hmm. website is where really, you know, it's, it's that information that's easier to digest yeah that's what it's about whenever we're seeing clients we try to keep things very simple and we will do a lot of diagrams they will draw you've seen that over the over the years stuff for, for estate planning it's just a matter of a couple of diagrams we try to keep things as simple as possible because not everybody's going to understand the jargon and i think that's i think that's probably something that's been something there that over the years 
big words have been used to to help increase re- revenue and increase sales we're very much about this is the reason why we're doing it and here we're going to show you very simply in, in a few diagrams and even with our t- uh, financial planning or, or software that we use it's very visually orientated it's not a load of figures sitting on a big spreadsheet you will see graphs you will see images of what we're doing and why we're doing it and especially when you're sitting and you're trying to educate people we don't pull out a big load of flash flash stuff we don't have uh, the ipad sitting with all these presentations on it what we have is a notepad and a piece of a few bits of paper and a couple of pens and we'll draw out a diagram and say well this is how your investment works this is how your cash flow model works this is how your state planning works we will have keep it simple so you can learn a wee bit more and then have the confidence to say well I didn't understand that fully. Can you go over it again? You know, because sometimes people are sort of that much information thrown at them that quickly. They're sort of like, I should understand that. I'm too afraid to ask now. So no, we we say, are you happy enough for that? And all the time you're building relationships. You're building the trust and you're building relationships with the client. Now, John, lots of great information in this episode. You know, lots of great things for people to think about in relation to that whole approach of why it's important to have protection in place. You know, why you need to be thinking about wealth creation. You know, why you really need to be starting to think about, you know, getting any of that bad debt reduced as well. How can people find more information about what you guys do? I mean, what's the website address? What's the Twitter handle? Where can they go to find out more information? You know, how can they get in touch? Yeah. Well, uh, the website is uh, navigatorfp.com or destinationfp.com. Very easy to find us. Um, Navigator and Destination, really easy online. We have the uh, the two Twitter handles, the exact same, navigatorfp and destinationfp. Um, we also have a couple of Facebook pages, very easy to find again. Or if you just want to hit us up, drop us an email. Uh, it's jesloan at navigatorfp.com. We'll go out for coffee and have a chat. And, and there's no obligation. There's no obligation. That's It's completely at our expense because what we do is we sit there... We'll have a coffee. We'll even spring for the coffee, would you believe? It's hard, uh, you know, but we will We will spring for a coffee. We'll have a chat. And do you know something? Quite a lot of the time, the conversation might not go any further. But do you know what it does? It gives that person a sense of, well, hold on, that guy did spend a bit of time with me. And it comes, this comes down to your relationship building again. He spent a bit of time, he had a chat with me. It's not for me right now, but I'll tell you who it is for. Or, you know, I think that mum and dad really could do with talking to that guy there. Or that guy's just sent out some good positive, you know, again, coming back to being generous with your time, having a crack. And again, there's no obligation, and it's at our expense, because we take time out of the diary, go and meet you, have a crack. That's it. John Sloan, Independent Financial Planner at Navigator Financial Planning. Thanks for taking time out to join me on episode 27 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friends. Another great episode. Thank you so much to John Sloan of Navigator Financial Planning, a great person to connect with on social media. A lot of great key takeaways in this episode. Some of the things that I've jotted down along on the way. I know many of us um, aren't very good when it comes to financial planning, saving money for a rainy day and all of those sorts of things. But, you know, it is really, really important that you start to think about if you are a student and if you've left university, maybe you've graduated in the past couple of years, you know, it's really, really important that you start to pay down any high level debt that you might have accumulated while you were a student. You know, John talked about good versus bad debt. You know, the good debt of, you know, a mortgage is a kind of a good debt and a bad debt might be some of those credit cards that you might have kicking around the place. So, you know, lots of great information about, you know, budgeting, why it's so important to budget, you know, get a clear picture of what you want to achieve. You know, you know, incorporate the whole aspect of, you know, planning 
planning for the future and financial protection. You know, it's all about very much getting the right education. And in this episode, John shared some really good information, some jargon-free information about how you can start to think about planning for your future. And it's important that you start to plan now. Don't be just living for the payday on a Friday or when the monthly payday rolls around. Start to look for ways where you can invest a little bit of money. You can invest a little bit of money for your future and that money could be working for you. So start to think about what sort of a financial situation that you are in right now. So a massive thank you to John Sloan uh, from Navigator Financial Planning. Make sure you check John out on Twitter. Make sure you follow uh, the Navigator Financial Planning uh, Facebook page. You're going to get lots more great information. I know these guys have some upcoming seminars, so maybe you can get yourself along onto one of those. It will help you along on your way. All right, don't forget if you're listening to this podcast over on iTunes, please do rate and review the podcast. That is really important, my friends. Please rate and review the podcast because that will help more people find out about this podcast and get this information out to even more people. Don't forget if you have any suggestions of guests you would like me to interview on the show, I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email to zero lives left podcast at gmail.com or send me a tweet to at zero lives left. As always, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We're going to be coming back very soon with episode 28 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.